Listener Production. Barely brown one side and burnt to a crisp on the other. Oh, it drives me mad. Fresh from the uneven toaster of life. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Well, two large, cumbersome objects that have been blocking progress are finally dislodged. Matt O'Kine, uh, the Ever Given, which has been just clogging the Suez Did they Canal, move it? is out. Uh, hey. It's out. They're starting to go through. Uh, passage is clear for there. And uh, Christian Porter, no longer Attorney General as well. Um, oh, he's wow. been dislodged in a cabinet reshuffle. Uh, and Michaelia Cash you what, is now our first law officer. Bloody cabinets love a reshuffle, <laughs> don't they? They, uh, they You'd think they're full of bloody blackjack dealers, the amount of <laughs> shuffling that goes on in cabinets. Look, a fair bit of shuffling, but uh, we hope where you are, your deck is set and uh, ready for a big episode today, Matt O'Kine. Tell you what, they love a reshuffle, but bloody... Someone forgot to take out the Jokers. <laughs> okay, that was all. I just wanted to add that. I'm sorry. I just wanted to add that. All right, yeah. come on. What have we got? <laughs> We've got Claire Hooper on the show. Incredible comedian, uh, TV personality, and author. Now, has written a book, uh, and as is required, uh, it needs to be very highbrow on the Matt and Alex Breakfast Show. So she's going to be coming in a little bit later on to tell you a little bit about that. And Matt, you're always one who likes, likes the farmers. And you've been uh, keeping an eye on what's been happening in a couple of farm farming areas around Australia. It's not looking good. Mate, this news absolutely blew my mind when I heard about it. But there is a plague of epic proportions happening uh, in western New South Wales at the moment. So we're going to dip into that right now. This is Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Hope you having a good one. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Yes, there's plenty of rat chat on uh, Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Let's downsize things a little bit right now in the rodent community, Matt. Let's go because cuter. Because, I mean, rats, they, they're quite, you know, they, I mean, they're always often perceived as quite angry, yuck, kind of, you know, the, the, the teeth a little bit more. Gnarled. Yeah, the whiskers mm. a little bit less. Cute. Combed, <laughs> you know. But and, uh, let's downsize to mice because in Australia, things are getting a little bit out of control, Matakine. Huge numbers of mice <laughs> are, uh, they're just taking over. You're saying they're that, ravaging uh, farms. The mouse community is doing numbers at the moment. <laughs> Mate, it is intense. You should see some of the videos that are out there, okay? I have, and I was disturbed. There is a mice plague, okay, happening in rural New South Wales, okay? Farmers have uploaded videos to social media of of these mice completely covering their land, their crops, coming it, into their homes. People getting multiple people are getting bitten oh, by mice. It's a mouse carpet. The video I've seen. There's there's more mouse than there is clear space. You could ride. You could surf these mice. You could if you want. You could to crowd do. surf on top of these mice. It's a mouse mosh. <laughs> But it's it's taken over. Some farmers are giving up on summer crops because the mice have damaged them so severely. That's essentially a total oh. crop loss. A crop loss from the mice mosh. <laughs> and in some I scenarios... Because that is all, like, floods, droughts, mouse mosh. <laughs> it's awful for these poor people. What about this? In some scenarios where farmers have managed to get the crops through to harvest, they've had it rejected because it's full of mouse poo. Oh. So you've got a crop loss from what the mouse mosh drops. 
Then they oh, no, mouse I croppings. Said, from, I should have said it's a crop loss from mouse from mouse mosh pops. Now, I tell you what, if you were writing headlines <laughs> on a thing, you would be given all the awards. You're welcome for that, for that my okay, friend. journos. Oh man! If you can even peel yourself off Twitter for a long <laughs> enough to bloody call yourselves that, you absolute germs. You drop kicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, so you what? <laughs> blue ticks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not at, we're not at rat dog yet. Although not a bad topic. I was just going to say, but back back to this. The poor farmers dealing with this. My dad back in the day was telling me he was in a mouse plague one time. It's where he got a cat. He had to get a cat, get the mouse out of his bedroom, what? put it in there, so it would scare all these mice away and kill them. Back in the day. Yikes. And without a doubt, this is absolutely undoubtedly, okay, a mouse plague taking over New, rural New South Wales and heading south, mind you, I should say. This is one of the darkest days in mouse history. So I thought we'd look back on a couple of other dark days in mouse history. 21st of August, 1983, the front cover of the Observer magazine in the UK highlights a big beef between very proud British mouse breeders. <laughs> uh, it all began with a heated dispute in the under eight weeks old category at the annual awards. What? So they were unhappy with the uh, with the way that they'd been judged. See, listen to this. The mouse should be long in body with long, clean head, not too fine or pointed at the nose. The eyes should be large, bold and prominent. The ears large and tulip shaped, free from creases. <laughs> Carried erect with plenty of width between them. Cream is the mouse of the moment. <laughs> I love that. Anyways, so that was a dark day in mouse history. I tell you what, I didn't realise erect tulip ears was a compliment. <laughs> Crease free, my friend. March 25th, 2021, Gizmodo reports that researchers have found a way to send tiny robots into mouse brains. What? Okay. Team of researchers in China have managed to treat brain tumours in mice by delivering drugs to the tissues using microscopic robots. The robots jumped from the mice's bloodstreams into their brains by being coated in E. coli, which tricked the rodents' immune systems into attacking them, absorbing the robots and the cancer-fighting drugs in the process. Is this- if this is not the end of the world, I truly do not know what is. I think it's fine. It's just that's just Mrs. Frizzle on the magic school bus going in there. <laughs> they shrink down and go that's on a little they, excursion in the mouse's yeah, brain. Yeah, the article has has referenced the magic school bus. Yes, but apparently it's what happens. Oh man! Anyways, the dark that's day terrifying. you get a robot in your brain. Goodness <laughs> me! Nineteen ninety nine, uh, the Cartoon Network shelves one. Speedy Gonzalez uh, from their cartoon saying that it's no longer appropriate. They're cancelling Speedy Gonzalez. But the, there was a lobby by the League of United Latin American Citizens for Speedy's return, and therefore Speedy was back on air in 2002. Although having gone through some subtle changes, see when they found out that they found out that Speedy, right, 
Many Latin and Latino and Latino American users, right, were defending Speedy because many argued that he was the first and most prominent representation they remember seeing in pop culture, even if he was, and I quote, flawed in some ways. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're like, yes. So he was back, it's a, he was just slightly it's, tweaked. It's a Latino mouse, but at least they're Latino. It's just someone that is like us. In the 90s, yeah. Yeah. What was the flaw? Did he, um, was it the <laughs> Look, stereotypical there's... words or did he, Speedy have creases in his ears? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> The ears were not erect enough. <laughs> um, yeah, look, there's a, there's a bit of stuff going on with Pepe Le Pew and Speedy Gonzalez and basically all of the Looney Tunes stuff. But anyway, that's devil. a story from another time. Well, better kind, thank you very much for providing us with the dark days in mouse history. Uh, we good luck to the farmers out there and also good luck to the mouse breeders as well. May their ears be erect and without crease. And please, don't hide them under a sombrero. <laughs> this is Matt Dalex all day breakfast. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. Well, Alex Dyson, I was talking yesterday about how a kebab has cost me. <laughs> Potentially. Um, I mean, we don't want to get all, you know, too finger pointing at the bab. Uh, which may have been the place where your credit card details got stolen. Well, I know that they certainly, someone tried to take $800 out from a certain kebab store in Western Sydney. So <laughs> um, I just hope it was a very good kebab. That's all I would hope. Um, well, we you're, getting, you... you're getting all the trimmings <laughs> on that, aren't you? <laughs> you're getting extra, extra garlic sauce, that's for sure. But we asked you, when's a kebab cost you? Or just kebab stories, (laughs) essentially. Yeah. We don't want to, you know, be too restrictive on this particular talk back. But the the tales of kebabs are long and um, illustrious. And so we wanted to see what yours were. They're as long as a taxi line itself, you know, (laughs) the tales of kebabs. So we wanted to get in touch with you, see... When's a kebab cost you? Or, you know, what, what's, your, what's been your run-in with a kebab? Madison texted in, said, walked home with kebab in my coat pocket. My housemate walked in on me asleep on the couch, kebab half eaten, and I was cradling it like a baby. This was at 9pm on a Tuesday. Bravo, Madison. <laughs> that's, that's very, very good. Trisha as well saying that her kebab was a survivor of Ibis thievery, which is pretty good because... Yeah, I could see an Ibis being very tempted by a couple of fillings spilling out the top there. So uh, on you, Trisha, and I'll probably see you at the uh, support group meetings for Ibis survivors. Um, um, <laughs> Bridie also got in touch. Yep, uh, Bridie said, cost me my, a kebab cost me my dignity when I was kicked out of a kebab store after my hen's party. I mean, <laughs> did you really even have a hen's party if you didn't get kicked out? Of a kebab store. Well, I feel the um, the sashes that a lot of <laughs> hens get should come with a little pocket on the front, just between bride and to be. You should just have a little pocket where you can put your kebab in there, just the kebab holster on those sashes. I think you'd sell very well. Uh, what about yourself, Liam, from Melbourne? Yeah, so look, I had a Christmas party a few years ago and the boys were having a few and uh, we had a young guy and... Uh, and you, I noticed that he'd had a few. I'm like, oh, look, you know, you're going to come home with me. You know, just you can sleep on the couch, whatever. And we'll go and get a kebab or two. We'll get a kebab, whatever. Yeah, maybe not two, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you want you want to get you know pre get your breakfast ready. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pre pre meditated. We've gone back to my house and uh, I've put him to bed. Put him bucket a bucket next to his head. You know. Uh, yeah, big big uh, bottle of water and uh, and his kebab. And um, <laughs> I've woken up and he has um, eaten the middle of the kebab like. A lion would eat a antelope, and, uh, <laughs> and and the two ends were left, but the, the middle <laughs> just the head and the tail. And he was going from the middle yeah, of the kebab, the yeah, so middle of kebab to drippings on the outsides. Uh, that was all over the couch, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, not one. One sip of the water had been taken. So. <laughs> oh. Well, I, I think studies have shown that uh, garlic sauce is as hydrating as water. <laughs> and so he probably just uh, <laughs> sucked a little bit of that down. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. You, thanks for telling us something that I have literally never heard before. <laughs> like, no, I don't know anyone who eats the kebab from the middle and leaves the ends. He it's, must have unwrapped the whole thing, just looked at it, picked it up with two hands and just mushed straight in go, from the side. Go like the a middle, corn. Go the middle way, apparently. <laughs> like a cup of corn. Just, <laughs> yeah, just, just, just go the guts. Man. That's, that, that, that's, that's where you want to get to anyway, really. Absolutely. Eating it uh, like a passion fruit or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so, thank you so like much. Like a man. mango without a spoon. Just, <laughs> yeah. Blah, 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 in there. Yeah. Legendary, Liv. Thank you so much. We'll catch you <laughs> thank later. Thank you. Thanks, lads. Have well, let's look internally now as well, Matt O'Kine. Chris Marsh, audio producer, joining us in the room. Hello, Marshy. I have a kebab story, but I actually just sitting here thought of a second one. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it just popped into my mind that actually last night on the way home, I went to my local, you know, you know the, the little IGA. There's, there's always the big supermarkets. There's always mm. the, the little yeah. IGA that's near. I was wandering through the aisles, and there was half a kebab sitting on the shelf next to the chocolate. Which made me just go, someone's got halfway through and found a better offer and decided, yeah. oh, I'll finish this off with a block of Cadbury snack, thank you. Goodness gracious, that That's is great. rough. I mean, it probably won't be long till they start making kebab-flavoured chocolate. They've got some ridiculous no, things coming in no, there now. That's, that's ridiculous. What they need to do is start making kebabs the way that they make Cornettos, all right? So you get to the bottom of the kebab. Uh, no <laughs> it's got the nice choc- chocolate bit at the bottom. <laughs> just really- it up. <laughs> anyway, my actual kebab story was a long time ago, me and my best mate, after a big night out, uh, we're going to the kebab van to get a kebab, ordering away. Uh, and the guy says, would you like uh, garlic and chili? And he says, oh, no, just garlic sauce, please. And then the guy came back and went, what are you, scared? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine... Imagine getting buddy dissed out the back of a kebab van. That's My right. Mate went okay, fine. Double chili sauce. <laughs> and now for the last twenty years, whenever I offer him something and he declines, I go, "What are you scared?" <laughs> Did he? Could he handle the double chili? Oh yeah, he was fine. Oh, he smashed it. He just wasn't in the mood for the for the heat that day. Yeah, but he sacrificed himself to tell off a kebab I'll vendor. I'll show you. Yeah, he yeah. copped heat. He copped heat from the vendor, then copped heat in his kebab. So fair enough. Hey, Good Marchie, stuff. thanks very much. Thanks, guys. And keep in touch with us at Matt and Alex. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. 
All day breakfast. Oh, Alex Dice, you ever just stop and think, what has my life become? Yes. Yes, quite regularly. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Belinda lets me know, oh, yeah, after work tomorrow, can you pick up this ironing board that I bought from Facebook Marketplace, right? That's interesting now, because when I think about what has my life become, it's me standing looking in the mirror with a really crinkled shirt and <laughs> knowing I'm never going to buy an iron. No, see, <laughs> we're at the opposite end. Yeah. We're trying to buy premium iron boards at a good value price for second hand so that we can have nice crisp shirts, all right? right? So I'm like, yeah, of course, I'll go pick it up after work. So I'm driving around. I've got to take the long way because I don't want to take the toll roads and pay for parking when I get there because that's going to add another $15 to an already $15 ironing board. You don't want to pay more for the trip to the ironing board (laughs) than the actual board, do you? Right. So taking the long roads, there's all these big puddles I'm driving through. It's wet. It's hard rain. I finally get to this place. Okay. I'm I'm buzzing this stranger in in a lift, in like a big tower block, having to talk to concierge. Oh, yeah, can I get up to, you know, level nine, please? Like, what's it regards? I'm like, oh, I need to buy something from them. It seems dodgy. They... (laughs) Like, I, I come, I go up, I see this person, he's like, uh, is this the board? And I'm like, ah, uh, yeah. I don't know. He's like, oh, what? I'm not the one selling it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not the one buying it. But <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> well, the two so, of you are just absolute yeah, puppets so, from the so puppeteers. I, I put my mask on, I put my mask on and, I, and like, you know, I put my mask on and I, and I see him and I hand over $15, I take this board, I just... <laughs> It's, I'm drenched in the rain from running from the car to the thing. I look at myself in the mirror of this lift. I'm like, you used to get lit, man. And now you are, you've got your mask on with your secondhand $15 ironing board that you just bought off some stranger who doesn't even know what they're selling you. What has happened to you, man? I just thought about this. I was like, this is, this is just, is this my life from now on? Anyway, then I send a picture of the ironing board to Belinda saying, hey, picked it up. Get in the car. I'm halfway back to work. She calls me. Oh, it's the wrong board. I'm like, what do you mean it's the wrong board? And she's like, he's given you the wrong one. And I'm like, ah! So I go back. No, 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 wait. Did he give you a worse one or a better one? A worse one. I think I've been stitched up. I think I've been professionally fleeced by some sort of ironing board con artist, okay? (laughs) I don't think this is his first rodeo, that's for sure. All right. Well, so the hiding board, yeah, would have been worth eight dollars, not fifteen. <laughs> yeah. So, so she's like, "No, the one I want's a sunbeam one. That doesn't look like a sunbeam." I'm like, "Oh, all right." So I drive, but she calls the guy up. I'm parked on the side of the road in the rain, waiting for a return call. Then she calls me back. Oh, he's gonna meet you on the road. I pull over. It's no stopping zone. Some, it's in the cross. So people are, someone's yelling at me, and I, and, I, and I'm like, I'm moving, I'm moving. There's a removalist truck. I finally get this ironing board in, and I just, <laughs> you know, it's just not cool. I used, we used to yeah. rave, man. Yeah, we we did some. <laughs> Pretty killer raves, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, we we used to crinkle our brains, man. <laughs> but now Yeah, we used now, to iron our brains flat. That's what we used to buddy do. Now, now we're ironing our shirts. Goodness like me, idiots. mate. Idiots. So yeah. anyway, I was, I was it made me wonder, when have you got the wrong thing? Secondhand stitch ups. Oh, I got a buddy secondhand stitch up, but I was the one I was the one selling. Right? Oh, Moving out of house. The relationship breakdown, everything must go. (laughs) 
They're selling some Ikea stools, right? Bought yeah. them for 90 each. Got got three of them. Selling them for 90 all up. 30 oh, each. Okay. okay. And it's one, it's one of those things like someone's driving from an hour away to get these stools, all right? <laughs> I'm like, interested in the stools. Sure. And so, great. I'm out. I think I'm a, I was literally at a protest for something, okay? Because <laughs> it's like, and the person's like, great, oh, I'm on my way. And I'm like, I'm not home. Like, what, <laughs> have to, what do you mean you're on your way? We didn't, we didn't organize a time. You're driving there now? When we get there, I'll be there in 45 minutes. I'm like, so I've got to go home now and then come back out, get there. Guy broke, is late. Oh, sorry, traffic. I'm like, great, no worries. Here's the stools. And he's like, oh, there's a few marks on the on the edge of the stool. And I'm like, yeah, they're they're used stools. They're like, oh, I better just call the call the call my partner just to make sure that's okay because she was buying. Obviously, he's not buying the stools. So the stools. I'm like, okay. So he puts hands the phone to me. He's like, you better talk to her. And she's like, what's this about marks on the stools? What's this about marks on the stools? I'm like, there's a couple of scuffs yeah it's like well i don't i don't not sure if i like this i'm like they're used stools that's why they're 30 dollars and not 90 dollars because they have a few marks on them go down to the shops and buy the stools if you would like clean stools i want perfect stools for a third of the price oh my god sorry i just flash back there and um <laughs> yeah, got a little bit angry. Anyway, oh, that's what wow. you want once, once you've had a big breakup. Just, well, uh, just go through that rigmarole. <laughs> Secondhand stitcher. <laughs> Please let us know. At matt.n.alex on the gram. All day breakfast. With a cup of tea with a tea bag stuck in it. Mm-mm. Okay, Matt O'Kind, it's time to welcome to the show someone who is releasing a book today. Incredible comedian. You see her on the TV with Good News Week and The Project recently. And now, one of the best titles of a book in recent memory, Princess Benjamina has a very cheeky bum. It's Claire Hooper. Hello, Claire. Oh, that's such a nice thing to say about the title because I'm ever so slightly coy about it. I'm like, no, nah, don't tell me you're just making fart jokes. No, I'm not. It's actually very highbrow, Matt and Alex, but not with a lowbrow title. Well, <laughs> I don't, don't kid yourself. Come on. I mean, I uh, immediately, I always assumed that, and you were talking to people who did recently Australia's Got Flatulence, a fart competition <laughs> on radio. Now, oh, no. <laughs> judged by your good friend Mel Buttle, yeah. who you host yeah. Great Australian Bake Off Mel Butthole. I'm well aware that people can think that these things are low-hanging fruit, but and I thought the same when it came to kids' content. Then, then um, I got a copy of uh, Zoe Foster Blake's No One Likes a Fart. Yeah. Sophia, it's it, she... I cannot read it enough times to her. She absolutely loves it. Yeah, that's right. Play to your room. Like, as in, if you want, um, if you want kids listen to stuff about bums and farts, they love it. 
They eat it up. And so if you want to subtly send any other message about bullying or about (laughs) speaking your truth, about friendship, about the importance of older people in your life, you just have to deliver that message (laughs) through a story about bums. That is the smart way to parent. That is it. And uh, what would you say the, uh, the underlying message is? Like if I was writing a Year 12 essay on Princess Benjamina has a very cheeky bum, mm. what sort of essay questions would there be uh, that would sort of indicate the, yeah, okay. uh, the underlying so you're looking Right. You're looking for my, like, um, my study notes uh, yeah, companion notes. to the book. And it's <laughs> like your cliff notes. Basically, it's about how we all have antisocial thoughts and if you're feeling like yelling them at the world that it probably needs means you need to find and catch up with a friend you know like basically we're better people when we are talking when you know when we have good friendship networks and talk to our friends if we don't have a lovely open dialogue with trusted people in our lives then we become the sort of people who yell at trams you know <laughs> that's i mean that's basically what the book's about yeah. so this but this princess has a bum that shouts Mm. And, um, I mean, I really feel bad spoiling it in case people really didn't want to know how it ended. But, um, <laughs> you know, she's obviously trying everything to shut the bum up. In the end, the bum just needed to make friends with another bum. Once it had a best friend and got to have lots of lovely chats with the other bum, it stopped being an antisocial bum. <laughs> and we've all got an antisocial bum inside us, haven't we? <laughs> yes, it's we amazing do. how much opening up, though, does help. I mean, you... you like you've used this as a as a metaphor to connect for kid children to connect with it, but even as adults, we still need reminding. I find that like because you you whenever something is, you know, consuming your thoughts and your worries and your your mental capacity, yeah. you think, oh, I'd love to talk to my friend about this, but I don't want to burden them with my problems or I don't want to bore them with my situation. But as soon as you have, yeah, whenever you, you say do- something, the conversation is always. So great. Yeah, the conversation's always really good. You underestimate the fact that your your friend is probably like needs a chat as well. So you just do you do it 50-50. You spew to them and they spew to you and you both come away better humans. And I do re- I mean like I've been really mate since getting kids I feel like I'm around other people so much that I forget that I need to be around like my select people. So I will go weeks without actually having a catch up with a friend and I wonder why I'm all glitchy and unpleasant to be around. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't actually, I literally haven't seen anybody I like because I don't (laughs) like my children. I love my children and it's different. (laughs) Is it difficult writing a kid's book or is it easy? Because, I mean, writing kids' music, people are like, oh, you can probably just say, Whatever you want, it's like, well, yeah, you I mean, no. you can and you can't. You can't. You it, it takes. It's surprising. Just because there's less words doesn't mean you have, you don't have to choose them very yeah. well. Definitely want to acknowledge that it is um, very difficult writing a book for adults. But yeah, I think a lot of people underestimate art for kids, like producing kids TV or kids theater or kids comedy. It's hard, and writing a book for kids is not. It's not a doddle. Now, I've been thinking of this story for ages and when I sat down to write it, full disclosure, it came out in about two hours, but then it has had so many revisits. Like the actual polish is you really got to sweat the polish and you also don't just get a good idea that kids would resonate with every single day. I wrote a lot of different ones and went next door to my kid's kinder and then would read it to the kids and see if it worked for oh, them. So really? this is, this is the one that resonated, right? <laughs> yeah, your trial you shows now. <laughs> you used to do trial shows in greasy yeah. pubs down in Melbourne and now you're doing trial shows in the kindy. 
Mate, I'm no fool, right? I'm not, I don't know. I don't know instantly whether kids are going to love the best, but what was really, it was nice to see that even though they were a little bit younger than I was aiming it for, I'm like, okay, these three to five-year-olds, they seem to like it. It's got a bum that talks. Okay, we're on to something. Anyway, so so that was the one that I really sweated into. And, yeah, it's 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 got some challenges. Man, I really enjoyed it. Um, but, yeah, that's it was not as easy as you as it looks like from the outside certainly when you've got a kid and you read books to them every night you're like mate these people could have done better and then you do it yourself and you're like okay it's really hard yeah it's interesting and when you create the words obviously it goes to an uh illustrator as well an artist jackie newen has done the artwork for you which is incredible um and how much when you get that sort of back do you say that's not how i imagined my talking bum um, what sort of conversations <laughs> you have to have the back and forth with the artist when they're bringing the world to life? Yeah, that's a really good question. It was an amazing process. I was so happy to have her because she's just a she's um, a Melbourne woman. She's pretty young, and I lo- like I just really loved the energy she brought to the initial pictures. I love that she put this princess in a dress but sneakers underneath the dress. I was like, okay, this is going to work. But, yeah, there was there was still lots of back and forth and I felt really, I was, like, really aware of her um, artistic ego because I know I respond to feedback terribly, but she was um, <laughs> really nice about it, you know, like as you, just just stuff like I said, which is like can we get, oh, man, little, little details. Like I was like, well, if we have a ballroom scene, can we please have two men dancing so it's not just all hetero couples? You know, like just some little mm. just some little tasty tidbits in it for me. And she was absolutely divine about it and always like, yeah, great idea. Claire, before we let you go, we're, we're very excited about Princess Benjamina has a very cheeky bum, which you uh, is out today and you can get it at all good bookstores. Um, but and also, some bad ones. <clears throat> yeah, but I also... Are there, but are there bad bookstores? I don't know. I'm Alex? sure there has to be some. There must be. There must be. There must be a real faulty towers of bookshops yeah. somewhere in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Just no, no, uh, no good order whatsoever at all. You know, like it, it's mm. yeah. no articles. <laughs> no alphabet alphabet order alphabet articles. Anyways, look, <laughs> alphabetical orders. Claire, I'm getting nervous. <sighs> Didn't order your ask about, letters in that sentence very well. I spoke recently on our podcast. Told told a couple of stories. Um, from a few a few eps back about um, our time Comedy. together. Yes. On, did you uh, did you talk about me? I didn't well, hear you no, talk about me though. No, I didn't talk about you specifically. But I talked. I mean, about to be honest, I was quite hurt. I'm like, I was there, Matt. <laughs> You're not even but, mentioning me. But uh, you know, about the 2004 Triple J Raw Comedy Grand Final, where I absolutely bombed, and I and I well, took yeah. me years to recover. Actually, thank you for bringing it up because I wanted to bring it up because I don't remember you tanking. Like that's oh, really no, I stank. I, did I you stank it so hard? I, you were you done? You were done? What are you talking about? Yeah, Plus so I switched off. What the hell do you care? You did finished. I? No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, you did. You got a special mention. Did I? Yes, you and Sam Bowring. I don't remember that at all. Oh, get right. You must be better at comedy than you thought, <laughs> yeah. Claire. Uh-huh. Next thing you know, you're on Good News Week. Everything's uh-huh. going peachy for Claire Hooper. I'm Mate. back at the bloody wine call centre. Yeah, but your make choice. That was your choice. And also, who's written a TV show out of the two of us? Let's, I mean, if we're really anyway, going to go head to head. The question who's I'm wondering had the successful? Okay. The point. What, yeah, all right, what, what do you gonna remember ask? of that? What do I remember? Of that day, do, what, what do you, not, not, nothing to do with me, but what do you remember of your first, like, you know, the grand final? Do you have any fond memories of Melbourne Comedy Festival and that first kind of trip? Yeah, there? absolutely. That was an amazing thing for me. Like, for me, that was, um, I was still reeling from the fact 
that somebody else that I wasn't related to had paid my plane ticket. I went all the way from <laughs> Perth. Do you know how much that costs? Yeah. And I'm like in Melbourne on someone else's dime and I couldn't have loved myself more. So I have no awareness of how my set went at all. Like I just remember being so happy to be there, like like giddy, you know, like, oh, my God, somebody's doing my makeup and then there's yeah. all these cameras and this audience are all watching my silly jokes from Perth. I was like, yeah, I was in heaven. And that was, you know, like I just had that sense of like, this is going to be, this is going to be my Christmas from now on. What you do. And um, yeah. Can you remember one of your jokes from there? Because Matt told yeah, us one absolutely. of his jokes and it was a touch um, and go. I, um, okay, what did I, I had, I think it was the, um, I, the, there is so much in my set that I wouldn't, I don't stand by anymore. I know the you did a changed. you did a um, something about toilet paper oh, creeping yeah. out in wow in, yeah just the fun yeah. just a fun prank you know like when you can hear someone when you can hear somebody waiting you know when somebody sits in the cubicle next to you and they don't go and you go you're like I I know that means they want to deal poo they're waiting for me to leave so what you do is you <laughs> pretend to leave like you walk over to the door open it and close it and then you just stand inside waiting for them to come out this is like good job um I, that was that was one that's hey, not even a joke that was that's 17 years ago that's still got it still Thanks, got guys. it that that joke um, is still red hot oh my god toilet humor has not left my life i'm so embarrassed <laughs> i'm not it. growing that's up it. embrace it claire as we've been doing recently as well and if you want to check it out. Princess Benjamina has a very cheeky bum by Claire Hooper out today. Congratulations on release day and thanks for dropping by all day breakfast to celebrate. Oh, thanks so much, friends. You're the best. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us today, sending our best to the farmers, get rid of those mice, hopefully. And uh, thank you to Claire Hooper for um, hitting some... Hitting some serious topics through the uh, topic of bum chat. (laughs) Which is just the modus operandi of this here podcast. We really appreciate you hanging out with us. And hopefully we'll catch you tomorrow. Bye. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. Listener.